0: When you train, it's a lot less about what you're specifically training on. I mean, I'm not saying that isn't important, but don't miss the fact that the training process itself is creating your culture. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines of those that are driving those changes. I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Service, as well as Triangle Pest and Triangle Lawn, and with me today is the ever-present, ever-so-happy Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say, it's? it actually, we're recording this in the morning, no one knows who you are, so maybe introduce yourself, introduce our sponsors, Good. our topic, and then this morning. is one that I'm like, I really like this topic, so I'm ready to get into it, so. What's yeah,
1: good morning, uh, it's Dan Gordon from PCO Bookkeepers, PCO M&A, and a couple things. I will introduce our sponsors, Coalmarch by WorkWave. For those of you looking for digital um, um, marketing, visit Colmarch.com. and uh, for those looking for insurance specific to the pest industry for auto general liability and workers' comp, look at PestSure and visit them on PestSure.com. And Today, we are talking about, well, if you listened to our last episode, you heard that Donnie has meetings with himself, <laughs> and uh, this time, we're going to talk about how he, how, how he trains himself. Uh, we're going to talk about oh, an activity that improves yes. every number, and that is yes. training. Yes, and Donnie will talk about how he trains himself.
0: Oh, boy. Here we go. I can't let that one down. He is correct. Mm -hmm. And you know what? This episode does very well in my mind dovetail on the backside of our previous episode, which was on planning and getting ready, you know, planning out your next year and how to, you know, how to approach that. But I will say, you know, this is a topic that I feel very strongly about. And the reason is, is because I see people who I think shouldn't, I think it's very common for people to let this drop off the radar. And I think it's one of the most critical and essential things and tasks that we can do as a pest or lawn company. And let me explain what that means a little bit upfront. and And Dan, feel free to disagree. I know you want, but maybe you will. Who knows? But Just I kind of mentioned interesting, this. Interesting.
1: I probably will. But go ahead.
0: <laughs> okay. So at at the end of our last episode, I talked about this, but I want to bring it up again. When you think about being a pest control company or a lawn care company, we by nature are a service company, meaning that we are providing a service. Now, when you think about your company, it's not some nebulous thing that's sitting out there, right? I mean, you have your name, you have your brand. You know, in our case, it's Triangle Lawn or it's Triangle Pest Control or whatever. Um, You know, someone knows that. But the fact of the matter is, What is really your company when you're a service company? That's a question for you, Dan. That is not a rhetorical question. What is my company? What is your company really? If it's not some nebulous brand and someone's reaching out, what makes up your company if you're a service company?
1: It's my people.
0: Yeah, exactly, right? And this (sighs) is something that-
1: By the way, we did not (laughs) practice that. And sometimes I get the wrong- Answer.
0: Well, when you do that, I'm always a gentleman. I don't ever be like, no, stupid. I don't say that. Well, (laughs) well, you can. But but, why wouldn't you?
1: But but he's
0: absolutely correct. Yeah. So Dan's absolutely correct. So when you think about your business, ultimately, your business is the product, right? As a service company, your business is the product. And in this case, it's your team, right? Your team is the product. That is what you're selling the world. That eventually, when you retire, that's what you're going to set over to someone else. Now, of course we talk about the accounts and we talk about the value of your recurring customer base and those types of things. But at the end of the day, the business is what you're building and the business is your product and the business is what you're going to sell. Now, so if the company is really your people and your people are the one are delivering the service and you are a service company, right? It makes total sense. And by the way, I think a lot of people do this well in terms of technical training, You know, whether it be in the office or they'd be out in the field. But they don't They don't really see, they don't make that connection that the company is really the people and therefore the people must be trained. And training is a very, very important part of building your business. And I have said this several times and I will say it again, is when you do training, everything gets better. I mean, everything gets better. If you do training well, your sales are going to go up, your callbacks are going to go down, your customer service is going to go up. I mean, everything that you operate in terms of everything in operations will get better when you do training. The problem with training is, is that you it's hard to tie it back to a specific, to a specific activity and how that translates into a number on the business, right? Meaning that if I generate X number of leads, I can take that back to X number of sales and X dollars of revenue. But with training, it, it's a little fuzzy. Right, because you don't you don't know that. And so, in any case, we thought we would do an episode on training. And I want to set the stage as to why it's so important to do that. I know everyone conceptually gets yes, it's important to train my people, but oftentimes I feel like people stop outside of the technical training. They they think that well, if I train my folks on how to kill a bug or or how to identify you know a particular weed or whatever, and then how to treat that, then then they're trained. And that's absolutely not the case. There's a lot more that goes into that, and so, you know, the point I want to make is that your service company, your people, is actually the company. And so, if your people are the company, you should you should have a strategy to go about training them on all aspects of the business. Number two is when you make that kind of investment, what does that mean in terms of you know not only technical training but across the entire um, you know gamut of your business. And so, with that, should we start with the why? Should we, should we do that, Dan? Why
1: invest in training?
0: Yes. Do you want to start or would you like for me to do that?
1: Uh, uh, well, I've got this beautiful outline that uh, Donnie created. with uh, Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten whys of training. The first one is performance. Uh, yes. When employees have a solid understanding of the business skills, such as project management, communication, problem solving. And decision making, they become more effective and efficient in their roles, which is extremely important. It kind of it it, kinda, um, it, it, it um, allows you to so from EOS, it, it aligns everything with your core values and everything else, um, and so it's 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 a whole lot easier to have a bunch of people who are like minded um, working on the same project because they all kind of understand where the boat is going.
0: Well, I have a confession to make on this because I think this is really important. Um, I am, and Dan is aware of this because I've been talking to him kind of on the sidelines and I've been referencing back to his cost study and those types of things. But I have, I'm right in the middle right now as is when I, not exact moment, but I am in the middle of training my managers and I'm training them on how business works and our financials. And what was What was embarrassing, and it's my fault before I say this, is that, and here's what I would say for our listeners, you would be shocked that how many people are in business that don't understand business. And it's my fault. Like legit, it's my fault. Like I ask simple questions, questions about gross margin, how that number gets created questions about what's the score of the, of the business. I mean, And it was embarrassing. And by the way, I'm not knocking our people what, if anything, I am knocking myself here, okay? But, But the fact of the matter is, is that when you think about business, business is a game. We've talked about this before. There is a score and there are rules. Does it make sense that you have a leadership team or a manager team that don't understand how that score gets created? And if you think that I'm unique in this, and if you think you're really, really great, put together just a simple five question test and put it to your leadership team and see what happens.
1: <laughs> Cause I will tell you, uh, it was eye opening for me and not in a great way either. <laughs> yeah. We, we say that uh, some people are meant to be in business and other people are meant to watch. And um, so that's kind of, um, you know, uh it's, it, You know, just because you know how to kill bugs doesn't mean, or make a grass green doesn't mean you know how to be in business. Um, So, um, well, well, bringing it back to
0: performance, right? I mean, like, can you imagine a football team or a basketball team that don't understand or know the end score, right? They only know how many assists I have, but they don't know like the overall score of the game. And, you know, the reality of it is, is that, when you don't train your people and they can't make these connections, and some people call it line of sight, right? From this is what I do today to this is how it affects. In my mind, I think one of the most critical numbers and the score of business is operational cash flow, meaning that the, the business's ability to generate operational cash. If you can't do that, then the business is out of business at some point. You can't, can, it can't, unless you've got tons and tons of money, you can just keep pushing into it. But where, where someone, whether it be a manager or a frontline person, can't see how they directly impact that number that's a problem that's a big problem and it's one that you, it's your job as an owner to make sure that you that you train your people so that they understand like this is what I do and here's how it helps the business and here's how we're scoring and so when we talk about training people having a solid understanding of business skills this is one of the things that you know you need to think about and and you know project management communication problem solving decision making all of those things that you have developed as an owner, as a leader, you know, through years of experience, I am guilty of this. You know, we have new people coming to the business and I just make the assumption that they understand how to do these things. And they have nowhere near the, and by the way, if you listen to me, I'm not some, some smart dude, right? I mean, some. I mean, you know, That's maybe the, clear, old, but, but, the old, the old phrase, if you're going to be dumb, you got to ah. be tough and Lord's knows, man, I've been hit several times with, you yeah. know, cause I made, d- but my point is, is that when people come into the door, they just don't know and they need to be taught. And these are things that this is not what you're going to pick up at the extension office. This is not what you're going to pick up at the, at the pest conference or the long conference, right? These are things that you have to be intentional about in terms of training as an owner. So Dan, you're gonna say something, I interrupted you, so go ahead.
1: Well, so coming from a finance guy, this probably, probably not expecting this, but all your KPIs, you know, money is one thing, but there's a lot of other KPIs that, that you want to look at. Uh, you know, and and sometimes um, activity gives you results, right? So if you take mm-hmm. a lot of CPEs or, you know, continuing professional education, that's going to help you with, you know, as a CPA, I have to do it. It helps me with my skill. If you're um, a pest control technician or lawn care technician, you get to do uh, c- continuing professional education. So there's a number of units, right? Um, there's other, you know, uh, what, how many uh, uh, proposals did you write? Um, you know, what's your closing percentage. So it's not all about gross margin and, and, and money. Yes. uh, Although that's very important because it all leads back to that, but um, you know, you've got to understand what your role within the organization is. If you're a marketing manager, your role is to get leads as cheap as possible, right? If you're a sales manager, your role is to close those leads as, you know, as effective as possible.
0: Just to be clear, right. It it goes back to it's both, right? Number one is that you need to know your role and what you're there to produce, but you also need to understand how that contributes to and affects the overall score. You know what I mean? Like how how that mapping from what I do day to day helps us score as a business because ultimately there's two things that need to happen. Number one is that you want a person who you're training, you want them performing at a very high level, but it's not enough. Okay. what I mean by that is like if they don't understand the overall score, then they don't you know, what I'm saying like you you don't have a team. And so there's two things. There's performing at a high level, but also performing as a team. I mean, the reality of it is, is that if you could just put all a players in and not worry about teamwork, they would win all the time, no matter what. But that's why the Yankees don't win every year. Right. That's why the Dallas Cowboys don't win every year. Right. They've got tons and tons of money, but there's more to it than just. And if you don't get sports metaphors, these are people who spend a ton of money on individual players, but they can't seem to get teamwork down every single year. Some years they do. And I'm and by the way, if you're a Yankees fan or a Cowboys fan, you can send me the hate mail. I'm not hater I'm not hating either one of those. I'm only making the point that just because you have a big budget and you pull in eight players, if you can't pull them together as a team, you're still not going to win. So that yes, that's man. that's the only point I'm making is that yes, they do need to know their KPIs, but they also need to know how it contributes to, to the overall score so that ultimately they are running as a team. So is that clear? Is that good? Is that the connection there? Okay. Yes. So why invest in training? The first why obviously is performance, right? You want to make it so that people uh, understand, you know, the other parts of their job that maybe we as leaders take for granted, which is project management, communication, problem solving, decision-making, those types of things. But the other part of it is, is that, and this is going to be, I think this is going to be a little controversial but I'm big into helping people with life skills as well. I think they make a big difference. I'm going to say this in a former life in in a company that I used to own and run which I'm I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with. <laughs> I was big into this and I think, you know, teaching people how to develop life skills on time management, how to deal with um Emotional issues, and I'm not telling you that you need to be a. I mean, you know, we're so not, what you're
1: saying that ad, advertising people are very touchy feely. and that's I am not saying that, do. and by the and way, way that's something that you don't do well this, with. I am,
0: that's Dan's and words, that's, not mine.
1: <laughs> that's something that you don't do well with. due no. to your military background, and uh,
0: <sighs> no, what I'm saying is this: I'm not telling you that you should be a therapist, or I'm not telling you that you should be a financial <laughs> consultant. What I am saying is, is that. You have to understand that leadership development is personal development. And your job is to help people on everyone's on their own journey. Everyone is on their own path. And so I feel like one of the best things that you can do as a leader is help them along that path, you know, especially considering how much skills, how much skill you have and how much experience you have. There are things that people are looking for that all they need is a little guidance And if your team can see you as someone that can help them overcome those things personally, they're going to be better leaders and they're going to be more invested in the organization. And so I feel like it's an important part of training. I am notorious for picking books and having our team to read them. I'm notorious for doing one-on-ones with someone and saying, you know what, you should read this book. This will help you not forcing it, but, but ultimately being someone that can help. What's the
1: reaction. It's kind of interesting. Like uh, it's, you know, a lot of a lot of leaders today are definitely um, I don't know. It's is it crossing the line to to teach somebody about finances or how they should save and what they should do at home? Is it is that really any of your business? I, I and by the way, I don't have an opinion on it because I just but I know that a lot of leaders um over the past several years have started to do this with their people.
0: Well, the reality of it is this is not only is it expected. Right. People want it. You know, to say that you, when you bring someone into your organization, that they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to have their life, their personal life all squared away and they know everything they need to know, you know, especially if they have small children and they've got, you know, they got a career and all they like, they, they, those skills help them and they want someone to help them develop if it's the right person. But I don't, certainly, I think the days of you show up and you do this and who cares what's going on with you personally, who cares if you're, you know, progress. Oh, that's gone. Definitely, yeah. Th- those days are gone. And and you know, the reality of it is, is that really top A players, they want someone challenging them on all fronts. And you know that that to me. And and by the way, it's not like I'm going to come to someone and say, "Well, you didn't work out this week." <laughs> right. I mean, my goal is to be like a coach, right? It's like, hey, I'm going to tell you th- these are paths, or some things that you can do go work at it, see how it goes. And I'm here to help guide. I'm not going to be here to do it for you. I'm not going to be an accountability person. Now, when it comes to the business, it's totally different, right? When it comes yeah. to the business. So so it's totally one, one of the things
1: that, that when somebody goes on a diet for a while and does really well, they become an evangelist. And sometimes they're kind of annoying. When Donnie and I first uh, started, uh, it was probably before COVID, we would go to uh, pest world. Um, and we would be there for four or five days and we would go to Capitol grill every night, for <laughs> four or five nights. We would eat steaks, like just fill ourselves. And now that is oh, no gosh. fun to go to conference oh, no. because he's eating kale and he's teaching people about that. So, but, but, all right, let's, oh
0: on. gosh, that is so true that and, and for our listeners. <laughs> Dan is telling the truth. I remember we would set goals. We would be like, all right, we're going to eat at capital grow every single night at pest world. And we would do it like legitimately,
1: like that's steaks, desserts. I mean, just like, yeah,
0: that was back when I was 250 pounds and a much different version of myself. And you're correct. I don't, I don't do that anymore. I, I, I had to stop. It just, uh, for for our listeners, the 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 path on that one was I was in thirty twos, I fatted out of those, went to thirty fours, I fatted out of those, went to thirty sixes, and fatted out of those, and wore a pair of thirty eights for thirty seconds, and I said, "This is not happening," and that was it, and I changed. So
1: moving on now. So now, now we have to listen to how the world needs to. Uh,
0: I, I do know. not you. That's not true. That's you. I don't tell people that, what and they it, should or should the, not the do. The
1: capital grill should go out of business. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay. So the first thing is, is the reason that you should invest in training. And we're talking about more than just technical training here is that the performance of your people are going to go way up. My guess is that their loyalty to you, to your brand, to your company, you know, ultimately they all need to be Donnie fans or whomever you are, right. They need to be a fan of you. And that's going to go a long way. The second thing is, is that things change. You know, sometimes in life people get to a level and they kind of jump off the train. And what I mean by this is that, you know, when you're thinking about your parents and you're like, why the hell do they wear that? And it was like, it was a style that was installed about 20 years ago. And they just, for whatever reason, jumped off the fashion tree. People do that in their careers all the time. I mean, they do. And if you're not pushing them, they're going to be applying something that worked 20 years ago or 10 years ago to a problem that has completely changed. And so you need to create a workforce and a leadership team. And I, I mean, it, and I'm not just saying just your leaders, I'm talking about everyone, basically where the the speed that business moves at now, as compared to even, you know, 20 years ago, it's so different. And, and what I mean by that, it's way faster, and it's way more complex. And if you can't adapt to that. I mean, I remember back when I was in the military, you know, in the Air Force, it was one of these weird sayings, and I hated it when I heard it, but it stuck with me. And it says, flexibility is the key to air power, right? Meaning that, you know, when when things change, it's not about the thing itself changing. It's being able to change with the change that's coming. The reality of it is, is that business is going at such a speed. You think about the advent of AI just in the last year, what is happening? You think about the advent of, of what's happening with digital and how much that's changed in the last, I'd say, five or 10 years. The reality of it is, is that business is constantly evolving. And if you can't build a team of people who are able to be on the front line of that change and to be driving that change and looking for ways to be more efficient, kind of like what I talked about up front, you know, the reality of it is, is it's, it's only a matter of time. It's,
1: it's funny. It, I, I just took on a client who, uh, they're doing things the way we used to do it 20 years ago or 25 years ago. And, uh, you know, he's kind of saying, geez, uh, you know, uh, uh, profitability is not there. It's not as good. And, you know, and I'm like, haven't you been going to these events? Haven't you been listening? Mm-hmm. Haven't you listened to, you know, that you should be billing monthly for quarterly service or a credit card on file or, you know, a pest control company should not have a big accounts receivable anymore. But when I first got into the industry, you had a big receivable, but, you know, and that's just a small portion, but uh, yeah, the, the industry's changing, the world is changing and you got to change with it or otherwise you're going to get left behind.
0: Well, there's an important point I want to make about this, the adaptability piece in, in it's it's kind of it's really easy to miss if you're not paying attention one of the reasons that i'm really big on training is not the thing that we're training on itself it's the idea that we're constantly growing as a leadership team right if you have this expectation that you're getting better and you're constantly moving you're automatically going to adapt because you're a learning organization if you're not really learning anything new and you're not being challenged, what's going to happen? Stagnate. You're just yeah. it's, uh, complacency. Yeah. Exactly right. So, when you train, it's a lot less about what you're specifically training on. I mean, I'm not saying that isn't important, but don't miss the fact that the training process itself is creating your culture. The training process itself is helping you develop your team to be more adaptable right? To be more open to what's changing in the market, to not stagnate personally or professionally. So, you know, if anything, pick any part of the business that you want to train them on, but don't kill the process. Because if you kill the process, I guarantee you much like the client that you just talked about, that's going to be your business in 10 years, Mm -hmm. 20 years. And you're going to be wondering like, Why isn't Bob like doing this? And why does Bob not see that? Well, Bob hasn't had to been challenged in quite some time and he's gotten pretty doggone cozy. You know what I mean? So, okay. So adaptability, performance, those are two things in the why. Let's get into number three, which is my favorite. By the way, I used to hate to hear this. (laughs) It's a a quick story. When When I was a brand new enlisted guy in the military, you know we would have these leadership courses and oh it's communication everything's communication i'm like what the hell is wrong with these people like how hard is it to talk to someone and why do people keep talking about communication like what is the problem like is this really like what leadership's about talking and and is it really that div-? and now by the way i'm 47 i can't tell you how important the communication <laughs> right
1: it's like it's one of those things to understand communication oh my not gosh
0: simple things right so so my point here is is that one of the things and I actually have a success story with this and I cannot use names and I can't even use business names but I had a leader on my leadership team who came to me that was fairly young and his or her I can't use gender here because i don't want this person to know that i mean they, they if they listen to it they'll know exactly who i'm talking about but i don't want other folks to be able to figure out who it is but this person had developed a communication style that was very combative that was very um uh like would would shut down when ideas came around that they didn't like and 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 if people didn't agree with them that that they were wrong and it would close off and it was basically a communication style that that that, that number one, people didn't want to talk to this person. Number two is they were completely closed minded and they were not growing. And what was happening was, was that this leader was getting basically siloed because people were like, well, we can't work with that person. And so I pulled this person in and taught them a few skills and said, Hey, look, when, when you start feeling like that, I just want you to be quiet and ask questions. There's nothing to defend. Right. And like, and essentially what I did was I helped him work with their ego a little bit. And they turned it around and became the number one person on our leadership team. And talking to them two years from that point, it was a night and day day. And that was probably one of the things I was most proud of because this person became a very high performer on our leadership team. But the fact is, is that it was teaching that person how to communicate with people and how to, in in my mind, this was more than communication. It was also about ego, but like how to put that to the side. And really get to the point, like you don't need to defend, like there's nothing to, like at the end of the day, you know, it's all about what's good for the business, not necessarily you winning. And, and that in my mind created a a really strong relationship between me and this person, but it also created a much better relationship with this person and how they showed up in life. And so I think communication and training people in communication, the more you got to model it as an owner, if you flip off the handle, every time something goes wrong and You know, you're talking about others behind their back, and or you're not talking at all, and you're not communicating what's going on. People are naturally gonna fall in behind what you do. So maybe look at your own skills with that. But I will tell you, as I've gotten older, it is hard. Communication is very difficult because you know, I think it was was it George George Bernard Shaw that said this? He says the biggest illusion of communication is that it's actually happened or that it's actually occurred. (laughs) 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 But anyway. Anything to add to communication, Dan, before we move on? Uh no. Okay. Next one, we kind of already talked about this, which is, you know, decision making. You know, we talk about communication, adaptability, performance, decision making. What I would tell you with this one, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, this makes total sense. If you're training people on how to make decisions, ultimately, you know, I think about me personally, I, I think this is one of the most important reasons that you need to train your values in your business. And you know, at, at, triangle, our values are go rise. It's growth, ownership, respect, integrity, service, and excellence. And we talk about that all the time, right? So is so why I can rattle it off. And, and I think about this, I really think about it as I do as a dad, right? As a dad, like I can't like my kids, I've got one that's out right now in college. I got another one's going to be going to college next year and I've got two in the pipeline and, you know, in five years, well, actually no, eight years, all of them are going to be out. I have no clue what they're going to face. I don't, you know I mean? Like the world that I grew up in versus the world they're growing up in. Like, and so, you know, the question I ask myself as a dad is like, well, how do I prepare them for something? I don't even know what's coming down. It's values. It's absolutely Mm -hmm. values, right? If I can teach them how to make decisions, then I'm not worried about it, right? I know that whatever comes down, they'll be, think of it, you know, one of the things that I believe in your leadership team is you have to think about it the same way. You don't know what is coming down the pipeline for you for them. I mean, you may be there longer than most likely they're going to be there longer than you. If you're an older, I mean, if you're as old as Dan, for sure, they're going to be there longer than you, but
1: Uh, listen, I didn't make the comment about you looking at your kids about a pipeline. (laughs) So don't talk about my age. Yes.
0: Yeah. I'll just give you a hard time. So Uh, point I'm making is, is that we talk about decision-making, you know, life skills. Like when you start talking about values, it's one of the ways that you can train your team that no matter what comes down, they're prepared and they will make the right
1: decision right. because you that, don't that's know important. it's really important. Want, and so you don't want to be making all the decisions. You don't. And, you don't. But if you, can you won't be there that, all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, hey, I think I may have found something, ladies and gentlemen, with Dan. So now this is this this age thing. I'm going to stay on it now because
1: I may I may have found a little chink in the armor. A couple weeks ago it was poison yeah. ivy. Now it's age. <laughs> uh, listen, I can tell you that I feel like I'm 16. So that's uh, it's, it's really not a problem at all. <gasps> okay. lot of stories, but go ahead.
0: A lot of stories, a lot of stories. So, okay. So I the point of it is, is that when you train, and specifically, I feel like when you train on values, One of the things that you're doing is you're training your team. And and I keep talking about our leadership team, mainly because that's who I work with mostly at Triangle now, but even your frontline staff, right? What you're going to do is you're going to give them a set of principles and a set of values that when decisions come and there's no one to ask, they're going to have a set of values they can go back to that most likely they're going to make the right decision. So, all right, fourth thing, fourth thing, you would be shocked at least I am at Triangle, we do a lot of training. I feel like we do. We could always do more and we could always get better. But we do these engagement surveys. And you know, the number one thing that comes up of what people want more of each time, every single time, is people want more investment in their own growth. And and what I mean by that, like the company helping them grow and develop. Now, I will tell you, Let me give you the flip side of this, the reality. Everyone loves the idea until it's time to get off the couch, right? Everyone says, oh, yeah, we want more training. We more, And then you go to do it and they're like, well, I don't have time for this.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what an eye-opener, you know, we've been doing EOS at our uh, company for a while. The real eye-opener was that last thing you do on your L10s where you, okay, everybody rate this meeting. And uh, the meetings weren't as... High, highly rated as I thought that they were, yeah. Um, and uh, that that's kind of that was a uh, an eye opener for me. And uh, still haven't gotten them up to 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 eights or nines. We're in the seven range, but uh, you know. So that's the feedback, and that has a direct relationship on people's job satisfaction and how how they feel about how they're being treated and things like that. So that's kind of an interesting one.
0: Well, I'll tell you that you know. One of the, I, I feel like one of the myths that we have to fight in business is that people believe that employee engagement and job satisfaction comes from bean bags and orange frappuccinos and and you know perks and days off and those ah. things help, but it's total BS. If you buy into that, you are totally misguided. Do you
1: have a cappuccino bar at uh, Triangle? We do. Do you have bean bags? We don't know. No no, ping pong table. And by the way, I'm gonna tell
0: you that I, you know, I've actually had better, like we just did a survey and we've been in the middle of a lot of change. And we, you know, our survey wasn't great this last go at it, but we normally have pretty high. What people really care about in terms of engagement and job satisfaction is growth and people caring about them. If you care about like if you really care about your people and they're growing. That's what creates engagement and job satisfaction. Not, you know, I get a flexible work schedule and I show up when I want to, and I get these orange frappuccino that is all BS. And don't believe that crap because it's not true. You know, I just, again, and I'm happy to bring someone on board that wants to debate it. I am talking from experience because I've gone both ways. And I can tell you that what brings the most job satisfaction to your people is investing in them and caring about them. Not, you know, the easy stuff like buying bags and, you know, we're going to, we're going to have, you know, X number of snacks. And because that's just people see right through that. And the reality of it is, is the more entitlements you give, the more people want, it's just what it is. It's never enough. I would
1: tell you that you should have good snacks though. That's, you we do office. have good, good snacks. snacks and, and, you know. Yes.
0: Yes. But I, I don't think it doesn't stop there. Okay. Next thing going to the wise, and then we're going to get, we're going to, we need to finish up here is burnout. Right. Is, is, you know, when, especially in the summertime, I know for me, this is going to sound so devious and it is, and I'll just own it. When people are really, really stressed out and things are just going crazy and people are kind of a little surly as they like to say, usually it means we're killing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what's really funny is back at a long time ago, you had the phones ringing. And you could tell if you were doing really well, if the phones were off the hook and everybody's yelling at each other. And now because people use computers, you can't really hear the phones ringing, Uh but you can still, you know, the, the buzz absolutely. And when people are all pissed off at each other, that, that smells like money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds awful. But my point here is, is that, you know, when you train your people and I keep going back to this is that, you know, Part of training is also helping them develop life skills. You know, the reality of it is, is that you should be doing and talking about things where people can become more resilient. One of the things that I think we're fighting um, in this generation specifically, and I'm not going to get into some philosophical uh, discussion, but, you know, the newer workforce is in general, and I'm going to get, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail by saying this, but they don't seem to be as resilient as previous generations, not because they're somehow weaker. It's because they've never been forced or they've never been taught how to do that. Right when you grow up and everything you do is awesome and you've been shielded from any kind of pain or shielded from any kind of struggle, when you get into the work, you're angry
1: old white guys coming. I'm not right? being angry. I'm not yeah. being angry
0: at all. But I will say this. I will say this. It is something that is real. And it is something that you have to train and teach. And if you think I'm full of it, just keep hiring newer generations and just
1: watch. Well, and it's, it's not I'm me, also like- in a different. I'm, I'm in an accounting business, and 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 my people are, you know, uh, different than somebody who has to drag a hose all day in a hundred degrees. So, um, yeah, that's really hard work. But I, I will tell you that younger people work differently and in many times better and more efficiently. Then, because their their uh, use of technology and understanding of technology, I, I think that this generation is is onto something pretty amazing. Um, I, I just watch it. I mean, look just look at where pest control has evolved to. Look at mm-hmm. uh, you know when I got in it. Every, nobody would want to be in pest control. Now it's kind of a glamour industry. You know, you got all these fancy trucks with their wraps and all this yeah. computer technology and uh, it's good stuff. I, 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 so, but yes, you're right. You know, everybody. Uh, you know,
0: I will you know. say this. And by the way, I want to make sure that folks are clear what I'm saying when I talk about this. I'm not saying that the newer generation is weak and they're awful. I'm not saying that at all. I'm what only making said. a point. I'm only making the point that, and this, maybe this is a function of my age. Maybe it's, you know, maybe I'm bringing my own bias to this and maybe every generation feels this way. I just, my own experience is that we have to teach resilience as part of our training way more than we've had to do it in the past. And, you know, and, and again, whether that's a function of generational, is that a function of just me? Maybe I'm over generalizing, but you know, if our listeners are listening, I've got to believe that they've seen it as well. You know, I've got to believe it and not that, yeah, back in my day, you know, we walked uphill both ways in the snow. I'm not <laughs> saying that, but I'm just making the. Roots. Yeah. I mean, but I will say that it is definitely different. You know, some of the things that we yeah. had to do, it just wouldn't fly these days. And so, so I feel like, you know, bringing it back to burnout and, and why you should train on this is because if you can train your folks how to be resilient and how to find a way to win, it's only going to help you. And I think it absolutely has to be trained. It's not something that can just be assumed that folks have, and they're going to show up with that. Don't make that assumption. I did that before. Big mistake, big mistake. So all right, last two things, and then we'll finish out. The first one is, uh, well, it's not first, but I guess is. Oh my gosh, what is this? Number six? Yeah. Culture, right? Training people on business and life skills ultimately is a good way of you showing, you know, everyone says, I care about my folks. Then we really see when you put the time into them and that's how you communicate it. You know, one of the things I said is that people are engaged when, and you know, when they feel like someone cares about them and is is invested in them. And this is one of the best ways. If you want to build a really good culture, it's invest in your people and follow through with, good ways of helping them get better when folks see that you care enough about helping them get better what's the underlying message
1: is that a rhetorical question or is no, that a question for that's me? a question
0: and by the way this is a question that dan doesn't know the answer it's not on the outline i'm going to ask him and then and then i'll bring it around what's the underlying what's the underlying thing that you're communicating when you invest in people's development both professionally and personally
1: Well, it shows that you care. Yeah. And if you care, then, you know, and that's, and, and, and and the idea, uh, you know, it's funny because all of this, uh, the the way that you describe things, you know, we don't have employees anymore. We have teammates. And at first I was, I buy into it now. I totally buy into it. And it's funny because when somebody says he, that they they work for Dan, I always correct them. They work with Dan. They don't work for Dan
0: ladies and gentlemen, Dan is a new and improved life coach. We will, we will put a phone number and a website at the end of this podcast. If you want to sign up for life coaching, Dan is your man. Absolutely. I (laughs) will
1: fail miserably, but go ahead.
0: (laughs) So my point here is, is that, you know, when you invest in people, that's one of the best ways to invest in your culture. I oftentimes hear about, you know, and I'll go back to this. If you've not read traction, if you've not read that chapter on culture and how to build a good culture. It's one of the best chapters I've ever read on how to do that. And there's this tool in there, you know, get it, want it, capacity to do it. And then rating people based on how they, how well they fit in your values. But there's also this component in that chapter where they talk about investing in your people. And so I think if you want to have like one of the biggest positive impacts you can have on your culture, and I'm not talking about, you know, you're going to bring in someone and you're going to do this. I remember one time, Dan, I even think you were at this meeting we were at this meeting and this guy had like this bag and he was unzipping out of the bag. And it was like, it was the craziest, dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And remember, I think you were there. There's a couple owners that walked out and says, that was amazing. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to barf. But, but my point is, is that I wouldn't be careful. Like when you do this, make a real commitment. Don't bring in some guy or girl and you got the one day meeting and everyone has this moment and everything's great. And then you put it down you don't do anything else for the remainder of the year. Like make this part of your leadership strategy, make it part of your training. Like this is not a one-time thing. It's not a, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to check the box and have someone come in and they're going to unzip themselves out of a plastic bag and talk about how well they feel now. And, and it's all going to get better. Like this is a, this is a campaign, right? This is something that it, it, it never goes away. It's part of your DNA. It's part of what you do as a business. And so, all righty. I'm almost out of breath here. Last point, and then we're going to be done, which is another why, which is long-term career development. Henry Ford said it the best. Do you remember, you know the good Henry Ford quote? I got to look this up while we're talking here. The uh, Henry Ford on training his people. You know this quote? No, go ahead. Oh, I'm looking it up here real quick because it's a hilarious quote oh, here we go. The only thing worse than training your employees and having them leave is not training them and having them stay. Right. right, right, right. <laughs> so so it was a great quote. I'm glad I was able to find that quote here real quick at the, but, but point of it is, is that when you think about training your folks and helping them with life skills and helping them with, you know, the long-term play of your business, ultimately what's going to happen is, is that you know where we started this podcast which is your know, your business is really your people and your product is really your company ultimately you're going to build a rock solid team that that's going to help you get to where you want to go as a business and ultimately and i mean we're not going to by the way if if we want to cue some music here i don't know but but ultimately that is the dream right the dream is is that you're achieving your goals you're helping other people achieve their goals you're providing a valuable service out in the marketplace and you're all winning and in, in, in the reality of it is, is that that all fundamentally starts with your commitment to train your people and for you to get better yourself. I mean, it's one of the reasons that, you know, at Triangle, we have go rise Growth is the number one thing because we expect that of not only of the business, but of ourselves. And when we say the business, what we really mean is our people. And so my idea here is that when you talk about long-term career development, this is where it happens. Right. Long term career development re- really means a commitment to training in all aspects of, of someone that is that has decided to spend their time with you, whether it be. And again, I'm not suggesting that you be a therapist. I'm not suggesting that you be a financial counselor. All I'm saying is, is that you help people achieve their goals. And then ultimately, I mean, I've heard this all my life, right? If you help them get where they want to go, they're absolutely going to help you get where you want to go. That, Zig also, Ziglar. that is a Zig Ziglar. You know, but I mean it, that ultimately is what it's all about. And yeah. and being that you're in a service company, this is where we make our money. This is how we do it. This is how you build that team. You know, it doesn't just magically happen. And you can, you know, you can take the easy way of this and just fire people and bring in new people and fire people. But I will tell you, you know, ten years of that, twenty years of that, it's exhausting. It's very
1: it, exhausting. It's, exhausting,
0: it's very exhausting. You know, and that's and that talk about burnout, you as an owner, you know, when you're doing the same crap you were doing 10 years ago, same conversations, (laughs) same problems, that's a really good indicator that maybe you need to take a look at what you're doing. And and you know what I mean? Like look in the mirror. So anyway, I'm off my soapbox. That's it. You know, we've got other parts of this, but we're out of time. Dan, what would you like to add? Anything you think I missed? Anything you want to add before we finish out here?
1: No, I think we covered it pretty, uh, I mean, it's, it's. you know, um, I'm pretty much a quantitative guy. I like to see numbers and I like to see, be able to measure improvement and whatnot. So, um, you know, if, if you're going to put a training program into place, I, I highly recommend using some sort of balanced scorecard yeah. where you're tracking numbers so that you can see improvement. Um, but other than that, um, I think that we've covered it pretty nicely.
0: I think we probably should do a follow-up episode. I spent all this time on why, and we Mm -hmm. didn't talk about how at all. And that's a whole nother, we didn't even get to the other half of the outline just for our listeners. And there's another section of this outline that goes into how, and I don't claim to have all the hows, but, but certainly I've learned some things over the years and there's some things that we're doing and there's some areas that we could get better in. So maybe we'll save that episode for another time. And with that, just a reminder that all the resources and topics that we talked about today are available on the podcast website, pmpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes. And just a reminder that we appreciate any and all ratings and reviews, unless they're negative. If they are negative, if there are complaints, those go to Dan. If they're bill positive, collectors,
1: go to Donnie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if they're positive and glowing, then yeah, we can go ahead and put those online. And with that, we're going to sign off. We'll see y'all next time. Take care. See ya. Bye-bye.